0: I'm glad to uh, have you with us here today. Thank you for joining me. New Hope Radio. We are in part two of our little mini series The Truth About Government Schools. We're talking about government schools and, you know, contrasting them with uh, private Christian schools. How important it is to see the difference. It really is. Um, Hope the levels are okay. Had some problems with the audios recently. Hope they're doing okay right here, right now. And um, listen, we began yesterday. We're talking about um, some excerpts from a a film, a movie. Indoctrination. I think I called it indoctrination nation. (laughs) It's indoctrination. And here's a picture of it. If you're online watching on YouTube and Facebook. And it's a film put together by a man named Ted Baer. He's a Scotsman. You can hear it in his voice, that's for sure. And he's a filmmaker. And he took a trip across America in a yellow school bus. and he fixed it up, put some beds in there. And he crossed the country examining schools. Interviewing teachers, interviewing students as well. And then he made this film, Indoctrination Nation. And by the way, you can rent this film if you go to indoctrinationmovie.com. You can rent it for $250 or you can buy it for $9.95. Well worth watching. I'm just taking cuts. It's almost a two hour movie. And I'm just taking cuts. And mentioning a lot of the important things that he mentioned, I think they're really, really important. Really happy to uh, have this masterpiece, that's for sure. So yesterday we be, we ended, and we were talking about uh, a news, a math teacher that was fired because he mentioned the name of Jesus, and we're gonna we're gonna pick it up right there and get it, then get into some. Some brand new stuff. You're also going to hear a young girl, valedictorian of her class. She's giving her graduation speech. And she's talking about the love of God. And the student body began to boo her. And they cut off her mic. I'm like, really? That's what they did. So let's pick it up with this news broadcast about a math teacher. Looks like he's going to lose his job because he talked about Jesus.
1: A teacher is in trouble for bringing a religion into his classroom, but should he lose his job? The school board is hearing arguments at this hour. We have a live report. Can we profess Christianity and at the door of a public school leave his name behind in everything that we do, knowing that we're teaching, knowing that we're imparting knowledge when the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge? That was a big question and I wrestled with it and I came under so much conviction, felt like I was grieving the Holy Spirit knowing that There were so many instances where I did fail. It just came to the point where
2: I couldn't do that anymore. Mr. Ziegler experienced firsthand what it felt like to be called into the principal's office for misbehaving. Religious expression clashes with academic policy in Papillion. A high school math teacher accused of discussing his religious beliefs
1: in the classroom could see his career at Papillion end tonight. KETV News Watch Evans Todd Andrews is standing by live at the school board meeting that will decide the teacher's fate Todd brings us tonight's big story. Teacher Robert Ziegler is facing dismissal for discussing Christianity in his math class. There's some liberty um, when it comes to talking about religion in the classroom. If, if teachers are asked questions, they answer those questions. Apparently, Ziegler is not without his supporters. A small but vocal group of students began speaking out after his suspension was made
2: public. I haven't heard of one kid who didn't support him or even like had a problem with him. I don't really think he should have gotten too much trouble. They should have given him a warning. I don't think it's
1: right. Tonight, he faces an uphill battle. He's chosen to represent himself in what amounts
2: to an in-house jury trial. In Acts 4, Peter and John were in a similar trial and were told not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Their answer, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That verse right there
1: solidified in my mind that I was going to teach what was honoring to God, I was going to teach in my classroom in a way that if God was my supervisor, he'd be pleased with me,
2: not any man. Not only are teachers being censored, outspoken students also often receive the same treatment.
3: His love is that something more we all desire. It's unprejudiced, it's merciful, it's free, it's real, it's huge, and it's everlasting. God's love is so great that he gave gave up his only son.
2: Jenny's microphone was abruptly silenced. She was prevented from finishing her valedictorian speech because of Christ's name. The school had no problem with a God. They just didn't want to hear about the one true God. Kicked out of class for quoting the Bible. A Racine high school student gets sent to the principal's office for talking about Jesus.
1: These elementary school children were handing out Candy canes at school, for instance, or pencils that said Jesus is the reason for the season, that kind of thing on them. The principals took them away and said, hey, this is a public school. You can't be exhorting religion here.
2: We've been getting a lot of feedback from our viewers about the Papillion La Vista math teacher who was fired last night. The school board decision is generating a lot of comments on our website. One viewer defends the teacher. He says maybe if we had a little more respect for our creator, we would have less problems in the world today. I, for one, find our creator more useful than 95% of the math being taught today. So what were Robert Ziegler's three
1: strikes? Insubordination unprofessionalism, and neglecting my duties as a teacher. Those three things. The real reason I believe was conveyed about midway through the trial when a principal said this, if Robert would stop saying the name Jesus, we would welcome him back into the classroom even at this point. But he has communicated that he will not stop saying the name of Jesus. And so you know, many things were said about why they were terminating me but i believe it simply came down to jesus
0: well that just about says it doesn't it that that says it i mean i'm like you can't get much clearer than that i've got um a little post here that i just saw on facebook and it says uh people arrested folks arrested, Antifa folks, actually, Antifa folks arrested in Portland, Oregon, 13 of 20 are teachers. (laughs) 13 of 20 of them are teachers. And then it says, let that sink in. I'm like, yeah, it's sinking in. These are our teachers. I want to know who is their teachers because they're a product of their teachers. And you know what? Their students will be a product of them. That's the government school. That's why I'm here to talk about the Academy of Higher Learning here in Swansea, Massachusetts. It's going to be a godly school. It's a school that gives a complete education. Yes, it gives the academics so they can have a career. But it also teaches about the Creator so they can have a life. You can't have one without the other. You need a career, and you need a life, and the life comes from knowing God and having a healthy relationship with God. Now, another one of the downsides of the government school, which again, I'm getting from this DVD right here, Indoctrination Nation, which you can get at indoctrinationmovie.com, is schools are graded based on the testing of the students, and if the students don't test well, funding is cut. And if students have better grades, funding is increased, but it's not always the truth. So let's kind of take a look at a bird's eye view of what really happens with regard to teaching the students.
1: A high percentage of the kids that come to us from public school, uh, as high as 70%, have to take some form of remediation when they get to us. In other words, they got a high school education, they want to go to college, but they're not ready. And the big concern, particularly in Florida, is, is passing a certain test that you have to pass every year. And if enough students don't pass it, the school itself is graded as an A, B, C, or D school. If you are not an A school, you're in big trouble. You lose funding and all this kind of thing. So teaching the test becomes the issue.
0: Teaching the test becomes the issue. Not teaching the student, not, teaching, not giving the student to getting, getting them equipped For a career, it's just teaching them how to pass the test, because then the school gets more money. You know, it seems like wherever there's politics in the background, there's corruption. I don't know what it is. Politics is like man's best idea for governing man. But you know, the Bible says the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of men. And uh, there is a lot of political corruption in the government schools. Let's see what that
2: looks like. Neil McCluskey is the associate director of the Center for Educational Freedom at the Cato Institute, a nonpartisan think tank in D.C. He wrote the book Feds in the Classroom, how big government corrupts, cripples, and compromises American education.
3: It's a major error when people are not happy with what the Department of Education does. And they say, well, what I've got to do is I have to try and change this thing because it's almost impossible to change it. Every child is going to get the exact same thing, and that's what this department is trying to do nationally. But you need that specialization because all kids are different, all parents are different. Government education doesn't have competitors. The Department of Education doesn't have any competitors. Everything that's done is for generally the benefit of the politicians, first and foremost, and that usually means the most powerful special interests, like the teachers' unions and the administrators, those people who are most motivated to be in the politics because it's their livelihood that's at stake.
0: It's true, isn't it? People just want to keep their jobs. They just want to keep their jobs the best they can. And, you know, another issue with the government schools is, sadly, there's a lot of liberalism, and you've seen it, you see the liberal agenda all over this country, and it does begin in the government school. And not only are the liberals liberal, they don't like conservatives. They don't. Many teachers today, many, oh, the college professors, they don't like conservatism. They don't like conservatives. And you know what they don't like? They don't like
3: Christians. No, no they most easily no organized
0: justice. to no do that. No justice. No, no.
2: Parents need to be aware that many teachers in America are members of liberal unions that clearly despise conservative and Christian values.
4: Why are these conservative and right-wing b- picking on NEA and its oh. affiliates? Clapping. NEA and its affiliates have been singled out because they are the most effective unions in the United States. And they are the nation's leading advocates for public education and the type of liberal, social and economic agenda that these groups find unacceptable.
2: Do you still think that the teachers' unions are fighting for the kids? It is not
4: because we care about children and it is not because we have a vision of a great public school for every child. (laughs) (laughs) NEA and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power. power.
2: Power and money. That's what Washington is all about. They have so much of it, but it never seems enough.
0: Power. <laughs> right out of their mouth. I'm like, are you kidding me? What did they just say? Not about the kids. They want power, they want money. You know, isn't it true? The love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. And if there's a lot of evil in the world, you can trace it back to the love of money. And that's why Christian education for our young people is so important. They learn that, you know what, there's, there's more important things in life than quantity. And you know what's more important than quantity? Quality. Quality is more important than quantity. And maybe that's something that as Americans we need to all come to understand. It's not having... How much is having how good? What's the quality of what you have? What are the schools teaching today? Are they preparing children for adulthood? Are they preparing them for a rewarding career? Are they teaching them respect for authority, respect for privacy, love thy neighbor as you love yourself? I mean, aren't these biblical principles that seem, I don't know, to me, they make a lot of sense. I don't have a problem with what's wrong with loving your neighbor as you love yourself. What's wrong with honoring father and mother, honoring those in authorities, those that are above you? See, the whole goal here is to basically indoctrinate children. And what the educational system does, and they're pretty good at it, pulling the children uh-oh, away from, from the family. And children, many, many times in a government school, will come up with contrasting beliefs that their family was hoping to instill in
3: them. For a long time there was a pretty big difference between Republicans and Democrats. The
0: budget
4: plan I submit to you on February 8th will realize major savings by
3: dismantling the Departments of Energy and Education, As recently as 1996, the Republican Party was still saying in their platform, the Department of Education is unconstitutional and needs to be eliminated.
5: The federal government's involvement in government schools is totally unconstitutional, totally beyond the purview of the federal government. And even when the states are in charge, they have permitted horrible things to go forward. They are truly indoctrination
2: academies. During the Nixon administration, Howard Phillips headed two federal agencies, one of which he was appointed explicitly to dismantle.
5: The government schools are doing their best to train future generations to be servants of the state, uh, to uh, adopt the, uh, the ideology of uh, dependence. If our intention is to honor God and his son. We must remove our children from the government schools. The family is the cornerstone of, uh, of a just society. And uh, for the family to be a strong institution, mom and dad have to play the leading role uh, in the education of their children.
0: And, and that's what's so great about the Academy of Higher Learning. It does require parental involvement. And why wouldn't the parents be involved in their children's education? Again, in government schools, you're turning your kids over to complete strangers. You have no idea what they believe, what they think, what their morals are, six hours a day, five days a week. And now with the pandemic, that's even if schools open. Now what's going to happen? Parents going to get to go to work. Kids going to try to learn online. That's not working. Everybody admits that. Maybe go to school every other day, two days a week can't ride the bus, one kid in a seat, got to wear a mask all day. I'm like, really? These are not environments of good education. And not only that, what about the morality card? You can just throw morality out the window when it comes to government schools.
2: When Arne Duncan was the head of the Chicago Department of Education, he proposed the establishment of the first high school designed for homosexual, bisexual and transgender teens. One of the people advocating for this abomination was Kevin Jennings, a radical homosexual activist, who was later appointed by Secretary Duncan as nothing less than our nation's safe schools are.
4: As the Assistant Deputy Secretary of Education, leading the Obama administration's efforts to make schools safe for all students. Washington has a role to play, but we need people at every level if we're really gonna create change in America. When a student hangs up a sign for their gay-straight alliance meeting, they are creating change. When a teacher overhears a kid saying, that's so gay, and interrupts and says, what do you mean by that? They are creating change.
2: Mr. Jennings, who wrote the foreword for a book entitled Queering Elementary Education, also endorsed It's Elementary. A video designed to train educators in homosexual indoctrination of little kids in public schools across America. Here we go. Pasha's moms. I think that I'm a better teacher now because I know that in the classroom, I have to be here for all of my students. I have to affirm who they are. Can't have two moms, she said briskly, but I do. Mom, she said...
0: Ah, there you go. There's the teacher. I have to affirm all my... This this teacher's teaching like eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds. Affirming their gayness. They don't even know what that is. They don't even know what that is. That is no... These topics do not belong in grade school, in elementary school. They really don't. And as you heard in the last podcast, parents have no right to prevent their children in grade school from receiving condoms and contraceptives from the school and the school will not honor the parents' request. I'm like, wow, wow, (laughs) and I continue to ask myself, do these people have kids? I don't know, do they have kids? It doesn't seem like they have any children at all.
3: Briskly, but I do.
0: They are stealing our children,
4: but because they are leaving the body of the child with us, we don't even know what's happening.
2: For the last 30 years, Erwin Lutzer has been the senior pastor of Moody Church in Chicago's Lincoln Park neighborhood. Dr. Lutzer has authored more than 30 books and has heard on three radio broadcasts nationwide.
4: Values clarification says that every child should make up his own or her own values in point of fact that's not the way it works right.
2: today that's the right. law says that um if you're the same sex this the gay gay men the two women, you can't get married it is against the law and i thought that it might be kind of fun for us to sort of be pretend ju- judges for a few minutes what i'm going to give each of you is a sheet that just tells you that um some people Think that it's wrong for gays to get married, that it's not natural and that it goes against what a family is. Other people think that the state should not decide these things, that it should just be up to two adults to decide what they want to do. What do you think the answer to these questions are? Should should gays be allowed to marry? Should they not? What I want you to do is have a discussion. You begin. These
0: are little third and fourth graders. They're not teaching them. They're asking them. These kids are so impressionable relativism
4: and then you ask questions that are open ended mm-hmm. regarding abortion, regarding family planning, regarding sexuality
2: I don't see why they shouldn't get married No, I mean they love each it's just like any other
3: people they just can't get married like that I mean one might have a disease and they won't get married and they won't even
2: know about it and then maybe the ones might catch it and then they won't be able to get married. But a man and a woman could have a an- disease.
4: What you want to do is to make sure that each child can express whatever he likes.
5: Yeah, just people should get married. Guys, they love someone,
2: let them get married. Remember what Sarah said about the kids in the playground being told by a teacher that they might be gay and just not know it yet? Parents, they want to think that
1: their teachers are doing good, but they don't know what really goes on inside of the classroom.
5: So you think that they can't get married?
2: I don't know. Who cares if we will gauge Do you care? No.
4: At the end of the day, this is not a case of every child making up his own mind. The goal of value clarification has been achieved. The outcome has already been determined By the curriculum. And in this way, education undercuts parents, it undercuts the church, and
0: most assuredly, it undercuts the absolutes of the Bible. So here's some little kids, third graders. Do you care if you're gay? No. Do you care if you're gay? No. No. Okay. Accepted. Condoned. Promoted. That's what happens in schools, as Charles Stanley said, that are just rooted In paganism.
4: I've always had an interest in Nazi Germany, particularly why it was that the church bought into Hitler's agenda to the extent that it did, and what are the lessons that we can learn from Nazism? What makes a Nazi? How does he get that way? So I wrote the book entitled, When a Nation Forgets God, Seven Lessons We Must Learn from Nazi Germany.
2: During World War II, the US government hired Walt Disney to produce a film warning Americans about some of the Nazi tactics Pastor Lutzer is concerned about.
4: Hitler was very clear. The soul, he says, belongs to the Reich. It belongs to the German Empire. And in Nazi schools, there was indoctrination. Now, I need to say up front that it's possible to over-exaggerate the parallels between America and Nazi Germany. But at the same time, I wrote the book because I was interested in those various streams of culture and streams of belief that would allow Nazism to develop.
3: I think I should add lesbian, too? Yeah.
4: It's already there. It's already in the classroom. The kids are already thinking about it. There's ways that are pretty standard elementary curriculum across this country, which, you know, with a little inventiveness, you can start going on. So what you're really doing is having them affirm together those values that they have now accepted. And what are the values? Relativism, humanism. But the bottom line is this... The schools cannot do what the home must do. And ask God to help you to know how your child is
0: to be educated. It's a parental responsibility to prepare their children for life. That includes academia, and it includes their spiritual life, their relationship with God. We're going to leave it right here today and come back next time. Oh, we got more to go. We're listening to excerpts from this film, Indoctrination Nation, by a Scottish filmmaker, Ted Baer, traveled across America in a yellow school bus, examining schools, talking to teachers, talking to students. And he put this film together. You can get it at indoctrination.com. You can rent it for two fifty. You can buy it for nine ninety five. It really is a good film. I would encourage you to get it and uh, get, share this podcast. It's on our website newhopecc.tv. It'll be there this afternoon. Get other people to watch it. People that are wondering what's going on in their own school, what's happening in their child's education. Uh, Are the schools going to open this year? What's it going to be like? Are they going to wear masks all day long? Are they going to be isolated? Are they going to be separated from each other? It doesn't look like a pretty picture. And even besides that, even besides that, what are they learning? That's the key. What are they learning? Is the school system drawing them close to God? That's what the parent has to ask himself. Six hours a day, five days a week. Are they being drawn to God? Are they being taught that there is no God? I'll tell you what. It's a decision all parents have to make. Consider Academy of Higher Learning in Swansea, Massachusetts. Go to our website, newhopecc.tv. Click on Academy. All the info is there. It's a big decision. It's a big decision. You want to turn your kids over to total strangers that you know nothing about. I don't know if that's a good idea to listen. Thank you for coming along today. Appreciate you guys. Don't forget about the Hope Club. Join the Hope Club. Get these podcasts, get the devotionals all week long. Build up your faith. So important to do that. All right? Okay. Thank you for coming along today. I will see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.